Hello, leaders, and welcome to Connections, the podcast. My name is Kelly, and today we're going to talk a little bit about how the things that we plan don't always go quite as expected. Uh, my guest today is Julie Caton, and she lives in beautiful Walla Walla, Washington, with her college sweetheart, Nick, and her daughter. And um, Julie, we are so glad that you're here. Thank you for joining us today. I'm delighted to be here. Julie, how long have you been involved with MOPS? My daughter's 15, and I joined when she was about six months old, so 15 years. Great. And you, you started as a mom, and then you became a coach, and then you are also a mentor in your group. Is that true? I am. This year is my second year as a mentor, and I think it's the best um, position in MOPS. It's super fun, and I love just focusing on relationships. Oh, well, I love what you sent me a little bio about yourself and you said this about yourself. I'm a craft collector and sometimes a maker, a gardener and a costumer. That sounds like a lot of really fun stuff. It is really fun uh, when I have the time to do it. I call myself a craft collector because I buy more craft supplies than I will probably ever use. Oh, I am the same way. It's it's a little bit of an illness, but, it you know, it's still good. I love it. I love it. It's a happy illness. Tell me about the costumer part, because I know that you're working on something right now. So tell me about what you're working on. Uh, When I went to college, I worked my way through school in the costume shop. And that's where I developed a love of sewing for the theater. I was a theater major. And so it's kind of like reliving my uh, glory days of high school and college to go back to the theater and sew for people. So I'm working on the musical Spamalot right now, and it opens next week. Oh, that is so fun that you get to do that, you know, get to do some of the things that you love um, combined with the theater. So, so good. I hope that all goes well for you. Thank you. Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about one kind, one MOPS group that you are involved with in particular. And I know that over your 15 years in MOPS, you've been involved with probably a lot of different styles of MOPS groups. And that's what's so great about it is that each one is so unique depending on the community that it meets in and the leaders that lead and the moms who attend. That's what I love about MOPS. But there was one in particular that you recently started and have been working with. Can you tell us a little bit about this special MOPS group and how it started and who it serves? I was working in my local MOPS group that meets at a church, and we decided to do one of those MOPS swaps you know, where you um, get a lot of stuff together and you exchange it and then there's a lot of stuff left over. Right. So what we did is we, um, I volunteered to take it down to our local homeless shelter because I knew there were moms and kids there who could use the stuff. So I brought it to them and I said, hey, this is from our MOPS group. And they said to me, what is MOPS? So I told them all about it. And the director of the program said, we need that here. And I didn't even think about it. A little voice inside me jumped right out of my mouth and said, well, of course you do. And so then I started planning how to make that happen. And it wasn't me. It was totally God putting me in that place and forcing me to say yes and then helping me figure out how to make it happen. How long ago was this? When did this first begin for you? About five years ago, and I can't even believe it's been that long. Right. Now, I know that you learned some significant things as you got started. So tell me, 
what you planned for this group from the beginning. What did you think it was going to look like or how it was going to work? So I knew that really important to MOPS groups is having some food as part of the meeting because it breaks down walls. It gives an easy connection. And I heard from the director that a lot of the women there didn't know how to cook. So I decided that food would be a central part of our meeting and that we would cook together. I didn't take into account the fact that they had a very, very small house with almost no kitchen It had one working stove, no pots or pans, no mixing bowls, no utensils, no spices, no nothing. But I decided that I was going to cook dinner with and for these women in a kitchen that no one could cook in. (laughs) Well, so the intention was remarkable. But so at what point did you figure out, okay, this, this may not be the right way to go? Well, on the very first meeting, I played a little icebreaker game where you roll the dice to get ingredients, and then we made teams to build food out of the ingredients. But I didn't have enough ingredients. And uh, after rolling the dice, we tried to work in that kitchen together, and it was just an utter failure. And one of the women said, do I even have to be here? And that's when I knew that this plan was not working. Oh, Okay, so that's that's a hard one to hear someone that you planned for and prepared for say, do I have to be here? So yeah. what did that, I mean, how did you keep going? Did you just ignore it and keep going or, or what, what happened next? Well, we made dinner that night and ate it and it was all right. And then the next meeting, I decided that I would prepare a bunch of stuff ahead of time uh, because the moms had told me that they wanted healthy, organic foods for their children and they wanted to be able to introduce them to new things. So I tried a different recipe. I brought it all so that all we had to do was put it in the pot that I brought and cook it. And the children took one look at this healthy, organic meal that I'd prepared for them and asked for chicken nuggets and mac and cheese. (laughs) Well, okay. So like most children. You kind of figured, all right, this is not working quite the way I want it to work. So we were also meeting in the evenings and the children, uh, you know, preschoolers, they can't handle evenings. And so after about three meetings, I sat down with the women. I said, okay, I know that this isn't working. Tell me what you actually need. Based on that conversation, we changed the meeting time from evenings to afternoons so that the children weren't missing their bedtime. We So when we were in the afternoon, we didn't need a meal. We just had a snack. And so instead of preparing it together, I just brought them a snack for the moms and a snack for the kids um, that was reasonably healthy and didn't take a lot of preparation. I actually used a lot of um, Mops's current goal of simplifying things right away once I had that conversation with the moms. I think that that's a really powerful question that what do you need? And yeah. I think that it's powerful in all of our relationships, but definitely in the mop setting, because we walk in assuming that we know what the moms around us need. And you found out pretty quickly that although your intentions were great, your assumptions were wrong. Yeah. So are there any other examples from that group that of things that you planned that just didn't go as you thought they would? In the last year or two, I've been working very closely with one of the staff at the shelter, and she told me that um, I come from middle class white privilege, and I was portraying that to moms who don't come from that. So a lot of the activities that I was choosing didn't really relate to their current lives. 
because they're in transition. They're in crisis. And I was talking about getting manicures. I had to change a lot of my language and the activities that I chose to be something more relevant to their current lives than where I was coming from. Wow. I think that would be such a good lesson for all of us. It's really opened up my eyes to what I take for granted. Was that a difficult conversation for you to have when that director came to you and said, this is what you're portraying and this is where these women are? It was actually really, it's like the pieces fit together. I knew that something wasn't gelling right. And my goal was to just try and love them well. But I knew that something was off and that they weren't responding or receiving in the way that I wanted to build that connection with them. So when she said that, I just started doing some research and started learning about, okay, what are their lives really like? What is accessible to them? And uh, we use the MOPS videos as our curriculum. So I rewatched all the MOPS videos that year with an eye for how does this relate to homeless women? When you talk about decorating your home, that doesn't translate. But when you talk about being in crisis and finding a true friend, that does. So just finding the the materials that really connected with them instead of connected with me. Oh, right. Now, in this kind of a group, do you see a lot of turnover? Like, do the moms maybe come for a week or two and then don't come back? Or do you have some women that come and stay for a long period of time? What's the turnover like? Turnover is crazy. There are many, many moms that I see once and never see again. Uh, Some moms are enrolled in the program, which is supposed to be about a year long, and I can build relationships with them over the course of that year, but very few of them actually stay through the whole year. So most years, the moms that I see in September are absolutely completely different than the moms I see in January, and then the moms I see in May are a completely new set with maybe one person being consistent. So it is very much about making some sort of a connection very quickly, where I think sometimes in a nor- in a classic MOPS group, we search for this long-term connection. You know, get to know them a little bit, you ask them questions, and you have to do all of that so quickly. Yeah, it's really hard to build up layers of trust because you only get one shot with most of these moms. So I always try to tell them that MOPS is everywhere and that they can join a group once they've joined ours so that that connection stays true. But I also am not afraid of going deep right away because these women are in such a vulnerable place. They are really comfortable with asking the hard questions and answering the hard questions. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that changes the the purpose of the group. If the purpose is the purpose of MOPS everywhere is to impact women and introduce them to Jesus and connect with them closely. But yours is maybe not that long-term connection. It's immediately showing women, physically showing women that Jesus loves them. I was at MomCon uh, last month. And in one of the sessions, I had heard Carrie talk about how she was called to bring flowers to women on the street, just to tell them that Jesus loved them and that they were seen. And I was so inspired by that, that I bought flowers for my women and, um, and brought them a bouquet and told them the exact same thing that she told them, that Jesus sees you and he loves you and he thinks you're beautiful. And if I can do that just once, I think it's really profound, even if I never see them. It is really profound. It is really profound. It's been five years since this group started. How are you feeling about it now? 
just yesterday, I had a talk with my discussion group leader. When I formed this group, I had a partner who was a friend of mine from Mops earlier days. And I said, hey, will you do this crazy thing with me? And she said, yes. And the last year or so, her life has changed. She's become an empty nester. And she's just not been able to come to a lot of the meetings. So we had a conversation yesterday that she and I both didn't want to have. And she said, I think God is calling me to something else. Right in the middle. I mean, we just started our year. And I said, yeah, I think you're right. And I think you should move on. And will you pray for me to find someone who is passionate about this, who can be my replacement because I won't be doing this forever. So she and I committed together to pray for new leadership and it's October. And until then, I'll be working solo because I want I want to be there passionate about it. I don't want me or someone else to come whose heart really isn't in. Right. Right. And your situation is different than the classic group because the classic group usually brings up leaders from within the group. And because of the turnover and the living situation of the women, that doesn't usually work for you. So it has to come from people outside of your group. It does. It's a lot like a teen group in that way. But we've invited the moms who still live in the community once they've left the shelter to come back. I haven't had a single one because they're trying to rebuild their new lives. The time that they're at the shelter where it's part of their daily schedule is the only place that we can really connect with them. Okay, so we're going to commit to pray along with you that... That God would just draw oh, uh, that God would just draw forward leaders that would be as passionate as you have been, and that would have that same goal of just letting these women know that they are seen and that Jesus loves them. So we're going to pray along with you that that happens, whether it happens in the next month or the next six months or whatever God's timing is. We're going to pray along with you for that. So at this time of year, groups are starting and some of them have been meeting for a couple of months. What encouragement do you have to give leaders who may be looking at their group, no matter what kind of group they lead and going, okay, this is not quite what I expected. What encouragement would you give to those leaders? I always think, remember the heart of MOPS. I I say when I'm coaching new groups that the heart of MOPS is in that small group discussion. And as long as you can meet that goal and women are actually connecting, the rest of the stuff doesn't really matter. I've had times where my food has failed, where my childcare has fallen through, where the video didn't play, everything has gone wrong. But if we can get that small group discussion time right, if we can be really curious and ask questions and be invested in these women's answers, then we've accomplished the goal of mine. That's great advice. That's great advice. And that's sometimes really hard to remember when we get right in the midst of planning the food or planning the program or trying to get to know the moms. So that's, that is great advice. This is really funny to me because um, at the shelter, life is in turmoil sometimes. And I know as I'm planning the week, um, my group meets on a Friday. So I start planning on Monday and I start arranging the childcare and uh, figuring out what we're going to be doing. And the more and more I run into conflicts, about Wednesday, I call the shelter and I say, hey, um, what's going on? I'm having trouble getting childcare. Maybe we can't meet. And inevitably, that is the week they say, everything's in chaos right now. We would appreciate it if you just didn't come. So I know that when it gets harder and harder and harder, maybe I'm pushing too much and God has a different plan. And I just need to check in, communicate, and right. then go with a different right. plan. 
thank you so much for sharing that. I know that that will just really bless leaders. And I love your story of how you got involved and the story of this group. And so I would like to pray for you right now. I would love that. Dear Jesus, I just, I thank you for Julie. I thank you for her willingness to step into something that maybe sounded a little crazy at the time and maybe still sounds a little crazy. And I thank you for the leaders that have worked with her. And I just pray right now that you will send other leaders that can support her in this and support what you're doing there. Father, just to show women that they are seen and that they are loved by you is the most important thing that any of us can do. And so we just thank you for the opportunities you've given Julie and the opportunities you've given every leader that's listening to do that. And so, Father, I just pray that you will keep that in the very front of our minds as we plan for our groups and then as we walk in the door at our next meeting. So, so Father, we know that you have a great plan. And I just thank you for allowing us to work alongside you in accomplishing what you're setting out to do. So, Father, we just thank you for Julie and her group and ask your blessings on them. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Julie, I so appreciate your time today and telling us about your group. And I just want to encourage leaders that if they hear of an opportunity like this, even though they might think, boy, this sounds a little crazy, I encourage them to follow through on it, to just check it out, to research it a little bit and see, is this a place where MOPS could have an impact? And then I want to encourage you that if you're looking right now at this plan that you've laid out and it's not going exactly how you thought it was going to go. Um, I just encourage you to remember that sometimes we need to adjust a little bit, that God calls us to be flexible and to adjust our plans so that we can reach more women and share how much Jesus loves them. So, Julie, thank you so much for talking with us today. It was a pleasure. So, leaders, I just pray that today you will take a look at the plans that you've laid out for your group, that you will consider how you can simplify that you will pray and ask God to change your plans if he needs to, and that you will focus on being present with the women that walk into your meetings. Mm -hmm.